Every breakup has its reasons. You can waste a lot of time trying to apportion blame, dividing the failings and missteps as you might fight over mugs and CDs. Could you both have behaved better? Did one side let the other down? Is it our fault fast fashion became so toxic and we became so greedy for it? No. Mostly no. Slightly yes. It wasn't always like this. Up until as recently as the 1990s, the vast majority of new clothes bought in the UK were made here too. From the Industrial Revolution onwards, textile manufacture was a booming part of the British economy, and in lots of other countries besides. While it's hard to pinpoint the roots of fast fashion, they stretch back through the post-rationing boom, wartime utility clothing, and the earliest tailors mass-producing affordable suits for men, Perhaps the most recognisable dawn was the 1960s. The 60s spawned Inditex, which owned Zara, and Chelsea Girl, now River Island. They saw Paco Rabanne make disposable dresses from paper and revived dandyism as a youth pastime for men and women alike. And it birthed a fast fashion icon, at least to anyone who has ever fancied themselves in a floppy hat and poet sleeves, Bieber. The grandmother of today's trendsetters Bieber was born in 1963 as a mail-order company, the brainchild of fashion illustrator Barbara Hulanicki and her husband, Stephen Fitzsimon. Women would send off by post for their cheap, modish dresses, made in limited runs to test popularity and keep demand high. The brand quickly caught the attention of a fashion editor at the Daily Mirror, who ran a sponsored promotion featuring a simple gingham shift dress with matching headscarf, similar to one worn by Brigitte Bardot. Bieber hoped to sell around 3,000 dresses, they received over 17,000 orders. Buoyed by success, Hulanicki and Fitzsimon opened a boutique in Kensington, which soon became a must-visit for the bright young things of swinging London. The most in-shop for gear, according to a 1966 issue of Time magazine. Bieber's look was alluring, leggy, louche and doll-like, heavily influenced by Art Nouveau and pre-Raphaelite paintings, but its genius was its price point. While ready-to-wear trends had previously been the preserve of the wealthy, Bieber made cool mass-market fashion affordable to working-class women. They were for the girl in the street, Hulanicki recalled. They earned £9 a week and would spend £3 on a bedsitter, £3 on food and £3 in Bieber. Part of Bieber's early success was also due to celebrity endorsements from the likes of Twiggy and Ready Steady Go presenter Kathy McGowan, whose Friday night TV looks were available to buy in-store the very next day. Star style, accessible to everyone. Rings a bell, right? Let's not forget that ASOS was once as seen on screen, selling halter tops and hipster jeans cribbed off Atomic Kitten. As Bieber's popularity grew, so did its stores, eventually expanding into a five-storey Art Deco department store, a decadent Palm Deck pleasure dome that sold everything from fringed lamps and leopard print negligees to bottles of shampoo and tins of baked beans. Ever democratic, Big Bieber was one of the first stores that allowed customers to try makeup on before buying it. And even Hollywood stars could be spotted stripping off in the communal changing rooms. One time a pregnant Barbara Streisand. The aspiration level was high. The prices, crucially, stayed low. Possibly too low, as within a year Bieber's finances hit the skids and the business was sold to Dorothy Perkins. But the brand had influence far beyond its awning. Anytime you've craved suede knee-high boots or a vision-obscuring fringe, or admired the style merit of flamingos, it was probably at least partly down to Bieber. More than just clothes, Bieber was a cultural moment. And like all great cultural moments, it echoes.
In 2009, Hulanicki designed a collection for Topshop. After the last of my university finals, I pegged it to the store and bought one of her dresses. Bright coral with puffed sleeves and a print like bacteria under a microscope. I wore it and loved it for a few blissful months, until it shrunk in the wash, the crepe started pulling at the seams, and it was relegated to the recycling pile. Lo, the legend was complete. As fast fashion has gathered pace over the past five decades, the democratisation of style has been the main point in its favour. Perhaps the only point in its favour, you could argue, but one that definitely can't be ignored. They might thrive online rather than on Kensington High Street, but in many ways, Boohoo, Misguided and Pretty Little Thing are Bieber reincarnate. Fashion for young women, fun women, skint women, impatient women, women who see no reason they shouldn't be able to dress exactly like their heroes, be they Meghan Markle or Molly May from Love Island. Not just women either, and not only the bright young things with time on their hands and beauty on their side. Everyone. Fast fashion is for everyone. That's the promise, so where's the catch?